You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. ABC Tonight. Special Agent Will Trent. Judge Bureau Investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does. Based on the New York Times bestselling series. But why Will Trent? He's good police and he's objectively hot. See crime. Put out an Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes. He read that crime scene like it was a book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. All right, this next theory is from user Comprehensive Ad 3963. And this is from Beauty and the Beast that Gaston and is it Dark or Dark knew the Beast was a handsome prince. So in the movie slash musical, Gaston comes to Dark with a proposition. Gaston will pay Dark to declare Maurice insane if Belle does not agree to marry Gaston. At this point, Maurice has already told the townsfolk what he saw, so Dark surely wouldn't need to be convinced to institutionalize Maurice if Dark was indeed convinced that Maurice was insane. He could simply go about with business as usual. The fact that Dark talked business with Gaston tells me... Dark knew that there was a beast capable of doing what Maurice claimed the beast did. In fact, perhaps the same could be said of Gaston. Also, why would Gaston be afraid of Belle marrying a beast if he didn't know what happened to the beast? Common sense would dictate that without such knowledge, Gaston should know two things. One, you can't legally marry a beast. (laughs) Two, a beast has a beastly nature. Gaston needs only to wait for the beast to go back to its natural instincts, and then Belle will come running back and might even prefer to marry Gaston. So the best conclusion is that Gaston, and to a certain extent, Dark, knew that there was a beast in the castle and that this beast was a handsome prince who was transformed into a beast and who would be transformed back into a handsome prince if he found someone with whom he could form a romantic relationship. And the user goes on to add, Gaston was a war hero implying some sort of military service. As an officer in the military, he may have interacted with the prince turned beast at some point in his military career. Hmm. What's funny is I went, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know who Dark was. It's been so long since I've seen the movie, but I went and watched the clip. And the first thing that stood out to me was Gaston gives him a bag of gold coins and he takes one of the coins and like rubs it against his face and it makes a scraping sound almost <laughs> like his face was made of stoners <laughs> it was really funny i know that's not anything to do with this theory but... i would have thought that was against his whiskers that it made that sound no it did not sound like whiskers it sounded like stone anyway weird interesting yeah overall i i don't know what what are you thinking laura since you brought this up just in general what What are you thinking of these various points? You know, usually with folklore, it it stands to reason that the, yeah, the people in the village would have known about the curse. I mean, that, that always has kind of stood out to me that, I mean, I think they did all in the village know that there was a beast there, but I feel like going a step further when you normally look at these like Grimm's fairy tales and whatnot, the village knows that somebody had been cursed to become a beast same with like werewolves you know they knew that 
someone was cursed to become a werewolf. It wasn't like a werewolf was its own separate entity. It came from a human. And so I feel like the people in the village would have known. And if you're going to narrow it down, yes, Gaston would have known this person, the prince, was who was cursed to become the beast. Right? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're on the money with that. It just doesn't make sense for them to not know. What what doesn't what I don't understand is he's the prince of this yeah kingdom that they live in. How long has this? That's the thing is how long has this like when this curse happens? Does it freeze all the like furniture people and the beast in time or like because if he's a he's young he gets turned into the beast and he becomes unbeast he's still young you see what i'm saying like mm-hmm. is is has this curse only gone on for a few years or does it freeze everybody in time in their age and then they continue aging after they become un inanimate objects inanimate <laughs> animate objects <laughs> yes. sounds like a line from multiverse of madness hey <laughs> don't don't jump ahead here I think so, yes. I think, like, Chip was a young boy when it happened, and after they became human again, always human again, <laughs> they, he was a little boy still. He wasn't a preteen, you know? Mm-hmm. He was he was still a kid, and it was it didn't happen when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And it stands to, well, no, I guess not. I was going to say, I mean, when you, that item wouldn't grow, you know, as the child grew but things age yeah so So how long do you think this curse has been active i will say i'm pretty sure there are extensive things on the internet i haven't looked up yet as far as people have gone in depth analyzing the curse on the beast i can guarantee if people are as fascinated and detail oriented about disney world the theme park based off of all of these stories that disney has made (laughs) then i can guarantee somebody has gone in and in-depth analyzed and laid out what the curse entails so i just haven't i just i I just haven't been willing to go there yet I would like to point out one flaw in this. Gaston should know two things. One, you can't legally marry a beast. Laura, you married me, so... Wow. Um, there's that. Touche. You said you wanted to point out two things. <laughs> oh, I meant only one. Oh. <laughs> Michael, do you have any other thoughts about this? Nothing really new to add. Like, I, I would side on the, on the side of, like the curse does kind of create this time bubble around them to where whenever it is ended there, they do revert back to the age they were before. They obviously don't age. So it's, I mean, I guess it's possible that they were, because they don't age, they've been in this curse for, for so long that the townspeople have kind of had an, a generation or two at this point and to where the memory of the prince has kind of faded and, it's become like this urban legend of the beast within mm-hmm. the town. And so that's why everybody's scared. They don't understand that it's the handsome prince, you know, they've been cursed. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I see it. But I'd like to think. I, but, they definitely don't. They definitely act like they have no idea. Like they act yeah. like there's just a beastie thing. So yeah. at least the average or, people don't know about it. 
Yeah, maybe part of the curse is that the people forget the prince. Maybe that yeah. was some, a little bit of flavor that the uh, witch or, or whoever it was that put the curse on him added An to enchantress. the Enchantress. So, enchantress, that's right, yeah. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen this movie, too. I think that's a very good point that uh, they could have all just forgotten due to the curse. Because as you said that, I started remembering, you know, like the due to... A lot of anger and resentment, obviously, that the beast felt during these years of Mm -hmm. being alone. He kind of destroyed the castle. But then when the curse is broken, everything is restored. Everything is nice again. You know, like the stuff that he ripped to shreds. Oh, it's all better now. (laughs) So that I, I could see that being linked with or being part of the curse as well of the castles restored. Their memories are restored now. I think it's interesting how the uh, user added that Gaston was a war hero implying military service and he was an officer in the military. He may have interacted with the prince turned beast at some point in his military career. That is interesting. I don't know about French monarchy. I know that like in the English monarchy, that was if you were designated as a landowner and like a person in in charge of your your fiefdom, dukedom, whatever – Yes, that was your responsibility to raise an army in support of the king. So since he's a prince, which I'm wondering if he even really was a prince or if that was just a word that Disney chose to give him just so that it was a little more identifiable to like American audiences, you know, if maybe he was really just like a duke or or whatever. But that I mean, that would stand to reason. Yes, he would have been in charge of raising an army. And mm-hmm. uh, Gaston could have been an officer in that army or just an exemplary service. I don't know. That I could see that, yes, that he would have known this prince. They could have, who knows, they could have been buddies. And then this curse wiped his memory so he couldn't remember him. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think he ever interacted with the prince turned beast at all. Okay. Thank you for <laughs> stepping on everything, just squashing everything I just laid out. Appreciate it. <laughs> what I mean is there's... This person has this interesting theory, but I don't see anything at all pointing to the the validity of it. No evidence, really, that he is, that they are aware. Like, they speculate all this, but there's never, like, everything points to the opposite. Like, everyone is surprised. Everyone is scared. Everyone, as there's this uh, mystery about this beast, you know, what are we going to expect when we get there? How are we going to defeat it? And if... I mean, I don't know. That's just what the, the direction I'm leaning. Well, I mean, I think that's about it as far as as discussion. Anybody else have anything to add? No. Okay. Well, then I think we're ready to rate this. Why don't we get a rundown of the ratings, Michael? So this is how our rating scale goes. We start at the top with genius level. This is basically a theory that's so good we believe it's better than the actual canon. Next down is plausible. This is a good theory that's just believable. Next down is unlikely. It's... An okay theory, not terrible, but it's probably pretty unlikely. And then last, we have preposterous. This is a theory that's just stupid. Basically, we're all dumber for having listened to this theory. All right. I'll go. Do you want me to go first? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say this is unlikely for lots of reasons. But, like, if if they knew... So he, he just wants to go kill the beast... Just because he wants Bell, is that what this is assuming? They have a whole song about killing the beast. So anyway, yeah, I'm 
I'm going to go with unlikely on this one. So I'm going to rate this at unlikely as well. I just, I mean, it's, it's an okay theory, but I just don't see it being true in any instance of this. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to agree with that as well. And hmm, I'm actually kind of leaning a little toward preposterous because like, <laughs> honestly, after discussing everything with you guys, it's like, I just wasted so many minutes of my life reading this theory and discussing it and used up valuable airtime with you guys. So, <laughs> so are you mad? If, I, I'm a little embarrassed and um, <laughs> I'd like to apologize to our listeners. User comprehensive ad 3963. Um, not sh- I'm not sure what you were trying to contribute to society with this, but just know that we think you failed. <laughs> you have failed this you podcast. Have. And all of the human race. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. So the next theory I have is from Scooby-Doo, just the Scooby-Doo series in general. And this is from Baby Walker 66. The title of their theory is the Scooby-Doo gang are con artists. They start with hear me out spelled H-E-R-E. Have you ever been to a town where some guy dresses as a ghost, robs banks of no one, of course, because it was Scooby Gang? (laughs) Where some guy dresses as a ghost? (laughs) Yes. This, the wording is not quite academic. The gang are high school kids, a jock, nerd, popular girl, stoner, and his dog. I'm pretty sure as soon as they were close to graduation, they got hit, got a hit of reality. Fred was probably on the football team and got injured and lost a scholarship. Daphne's parents stopped giving her allowances. Velma couldn't get into school of her dreams. And Shaggy and Scooby can't afford all the food they eat without work. So they go into business to become con artists. They blackmail people across the country to dress up as creatures to do crimes and catch them. Fred and Shaggy probably hurt the ones who say no. Daphne creates the costumes. Velma does research on people to do crimes so they can get paid. This explains why every town they're in, including theirs, that people dress as ghosts, vampires, and werewolves, rob banks and stuff, and catch them easily without any real police work. Once the fake bad guys are captured, the gang gets paid and moves on to the next town. The movies with real creatures, I say, aren't real but stories they come up with to make it seem like they are legit. Plus, Shaggy can make them smoke weed to make them forget and give them hallucinogenics to make it more realistic. Plus, Velma and Daphne can dress as prostitutes to find victims. Oh my gosh! The end. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I mean, I guess, I guess Shaggy is getting his uh, supply from Arnold's grandparents <laughs> to take us back to another episode. Episode, episode two. <laughs> Holy smoke. Oh, okay. Baby Walker 66. How are you? What's, what's happening in your life that this is what you sit and ruminate on? Really? Okay. No. Let's treat them fairly like everybody else. True. Yeah. Um, Why does anybody think any of these things? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm going to bring up some points here. They make some good observations. Maybe the reasoning behind them is off, but it is true that they just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Every single time there's some Mm -hmm. kind of bad guy dressing up as a bad guy 
monster thing. Coincidence? You know, that's very similar to the whole theory <clears throat> that Murder, She Wrote, Yes. She was actually the killer of the whole thing. <laughs> I've heard that everywhere one. everywhere she went. Yes. And knowing Angela oh, Lansbury, she probably very well could. We need to add that to the list. We need to go in depth on that theory. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned for future episodes. We'll talk about <laughs> and we all need to watch Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> I don't know. I Honestly, I never thought of Fred as a jock. No, I guess not. I, I always saw him as just kind of like he would have been like the popular kid. Yeah, the class president Which, dude. Yeah, that could have been that could have been one of those those people who is like good at everything, who does everything. He's like class president, he's uh prom king, you know, he he's captain of the football team, blah blah blah, like straight A's valedictorian, all that stuff. It could he could have been one of those people. So Maybe. I, I still just don't see the athletic element to him. <laughs> Partly yeah. just because of the ascot, personally. And the way he runs, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of like um, um, Barry Allen. I... But to be fair, like, compared to compared to the rest of the gang, like, he is technically the most athletic out of them, even though he's not really athletic. Mm. He's but, 70s athletic. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm very surprised at the whole thought of... Uh, Velma not being able to get into the school that she dreams of. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's no, that there's no way track. she'd get it anywhere she wants to go in. Mm-hmm. She's so fall, smart. Now I know there's always been that joke that that Shaggy is a stoner just because of like the way he behaves and stuff. But there's never been any evidence of that, right? No. I mean, we never not see Shaggy smoking a doobie. We don't see it, but I mean, he does have some behaviors of <laughs> a stoner. That's why. Yeah. That's another reason I don't see him and Scooby being the muscle. <laughs> like they talk about in this of that they'll hurt people who say no. Mm-hmm. No, they yeah. won't. No. They'll offer to share a sandwich with them. But it could be Shaggy um, that could possibly be giving them the hallucinogenics to make it more realistic. Mm-hmm. And Velma and Daphne as prostitutes? What do you no. think? No. I don't buy it. Do you think there's any plausibility to them at least somewhat being involved in setting up these schemes regardless of Mm -hmm. the motive regardless of the way it works out but because just of the sheer coincidences that happen of them always being in the place where they can solve a crime is it just coincidence yeah i would say there's no way that it's just coincidence there's you can't always be in the exact right place at the exact right time every single time so I'm, I'm going to just totally admit to you guys, I didn't, I wasn't an avid Scooby-Doo watcher as a child. Like, I've watched a little bit of the newer, like, What's Up Scooby-Doo, I think, that's up, that kids watch now. And I watched mm-hmm. the Scoob movie with my daughters. And aren't they called to come to places to solve mysteries? Or is it literally that they're just like, let's just go off somewhere and, oh my gosh, there's a mystery here. Yes, that's exactly what happens. Oh, I thought that that... Because they're the Mystery Inc. gang, the people were going, oh, no, something's wrong. Let's call the Mystery Inc. gang. No, at oh. least in the original show, that's how it was. It just happened to be yeah. there. Oh, and Full look, disclosure. there's the Harlem Globetrotters, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a basketball pickup uh, pick basketball game. <laughs> they're, they're here. Uh, no, full disclosure, I didn't really watch Scooby-Doo either. I, I tried, but I never got into it. It was right, never my neither. thing. Yeah, no, I loved it. There may have been instances where, like, they there there are two ways to that it'll 
occasionally happen is they would actually be part of the uh, events that are happening or they are in the town and you know they may be asked while there to look into this thing that's happening but as far as i could recall at least nothing before current times were they ever like called up and said hey you know we've got this issue will you come solve it i mean they're always there when something happens um this person comment from robot king I mean, it's an amusing theory to think about, but it's hard to believe that out of all the people they blackmail, none of them have ratted the mystery gang out if they're being blackmailed. And then a reply from Deleted, uh, the person being blackmailed probably thought they were getting something in return, but when they got arrested, this proved not to be true. If it comes up in court trial, then there is no evidence to say that they were blackmailed. There's also the issue of all the people getting caught by Mr. Inc. say they got blackmailed, which would raise some con concerns, but they probably bribed the judge or something. <laughs> So there's an answer for everything. Um, okay. Well, uh, do you have anything to add before we read, rate this? Not really. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michael, let's hear from you. So I'm going to be a little controversial here. I'm going to rate this as genius because I, <laughs> what? I don't care. <laughs> I, I like this. I like this version better than the actual version because <laughs> I never got into Scooby-Doo. I thought it was stupid. How they were able to solve all these mysteries without doing any detective work whatsoever. They <laughs> That's not true. They did detective and, work. Not unless well, they I set it up themselves. To see the detective work. But still, I just, I never got into the show and never really cared for it. Honestly, Scooby and Shaggy's voices annoyed me so much that I, I couldn't Why, watch Why you got to see that, man? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm just going to say genius because I want this to replace what? the actual canon. <laughs> oh my gosh uh no i'm on preposterous i feel i do feel dumber after listening to that <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it it is intriguing and interesting that they are there every time but the way this theory is put together it is definitely preposterous in every sense of the word even down to the velma and daphne dressing as prostitutes yeah okay well cool let's uh zip that one up like a costumed villain. <laughs> okay. Monsters are as old as humanity itself. Monsters embody our fears. Yet, they help us define the boundaries of what it means to be human. We know most monsters aren't real. Yet, we can use monsters to learn about reality. Psychology, biology, folklore, literature, critical thinking. We're on a journey to learn about the world through the lens of monsters. And we hope you'll come along with us. Subscribe at monstertalk.org. There is a corner of Los Angeles where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Made in Mars! Top of the world! Where legends are made. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy, and triumph that when sewn together form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. All right, so our next theory is from user dickydoo123, which is a great username. Mm -hmm. um, and it is 
about the psych TV show, for those of you that are familiar. So the theory is that everyone knows Sean isn't psychic. Dickie Do 123 says, I've been rewatching one of my childhood favorites, Psych, and it's dawning on me that literally everyone knows Sean isn't psychic, but they don't care. It's in the song. The intro song, I Know You Know, is performed by the Friendly Indians, which is the band of the series creator, Steve Frank. He created it for the show, and I believe it sums up the dynamic of the show. Let's go line by line. I know you know that I'm not telling the truth. So they all know that he's not psychic and he's just really eccentric. They stop questioning it because they don't want to know he knows. It's one of those, I know you know, but you know that I know you know, and that and it kind of gets compounded like that. Sean being a psychic allows them to have cause to check things out that they normally wouldn't be able to. So basically he can get them into places that they normally couldn't get into as cops. I know you know, they just don't have any proof. Um, this line has a dual meaning. They don't have proof that he isn't psychic and they also call him or he and Gus just show up when there is no proof that a murder, murder has occurred. The next line, embrace the deception, learn how to bend. Your worst inhibitions tend to psych you out in the end. They just don't care that he's lying to them is basically what it means. And they're fine to just accept his visions as reasons to check things out. They don't know or they don't want to know how he knows because he is always going outside the law to solve crime. They'd rather be lied to. They are learning how to bend the law to catch the bad guys. Their inhibitions keeping them from taking leaps of faith on Sean and Gus are what give Psych the edge over the SBPD. All in all, it's a really good intro song, and I love listening to it each time another episode spins up. So that's his theory. First off, uh, Laura, Spencer, have you guys watched Psych? Are you familiar with the show? Yes. So it holds a special place in my heart in particular because when we got into this, it was 2013. A lady that we knew was just a huge psych fan. And I don't know what pushed us. I think Spencer may have watched a few episodes before we got married. And I had never watched it before. But this was when we brought our first daughter home from the hospital and I was home Mm -hmm. on maternity leave. We were binging psych Mm -hmm. during our first weeks of being parents so it just holds a really special place in my heart that we had our first daughter our new baby home with us and we were watching psych and those memories are from what i can remember from what little sleep i got (laughs) very dear i love that that's a that's a great story and psych is a fantastic show my brother actually got me into it uh, when i was younger and so i i watched it when it was still airing i i love it my thoughts are that it's very possible that they all know. I mean, it, they make some very good points in this theory. Yeah, I watched this show too uh, before I watched it along because it kind of started airing the same time as Monk did. I love Monk. Yeah. And this one was just kind of in the same, not the same, a similar vein, but a lot, obviously a lot more kooky. Like there's just, I love the uh, chemistry between Sean and Gus. Gosh, it's um, fantastic. Yeah. It makes the show. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, I'm the best observer that you know. You thought that a sponge in the sink at the psych office was a bird last week. If you stopped buying them in bird colors, that would stop happening. It's a little impromptu <laughs> scene there. But, and then of course, all the, the fun nicknames like... Um, oh, that uh, Sean makes up for guests whenever yep, they're going to question people. This is... That's my favorite. Methuselah part of the honeysuckle, show. like some of the other <laughs> ones. Um, Die Harder or Squirts Macintosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, resourceful Cuss, uh, Tay Diggs, Daquan Smallpox Randolph. 
<laughs> oh, they should go in there. Um, well, and then sometimes Gus just rolls with it and totally plays mm-hmm. it off. And then sometimes Gus is like, really, man? And he does this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that. the whole idea of this this theory, I understand it. But I don't, like, part of me doesn't want to believe it because it kind of messes up the whole show, in my opinion. Um, if everybody knows, then what's the point? I, I think there's a case for maybe one or two characters, but I like the idea. Like, Juliet, for example, like when she finds out that he's not a psychic, like that's a a big deal. It's a huge conflict in their relationship. And so I don't think that she knows what I think about Juliet. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like the Batman principle, personally, of... For for a police department to stay by the book and follow the rules, they have to have probable cause in order to actually, like, enter a place to go and investigate, whereas Sean is a civilian. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there can be charges pressed against him if he's breaking and entering. However, if he finds probable cause that closes the case, they're going to overlook that and go, hey, he solved the case. And yep. so I feel like at least if the chief knows, chief is just like – Hey, it's a way for us to be able to solve the case without us getting our hands dirty. And as long as he's right and gets it right, we don't need to press charges because, hey, he, he caught the killer. You know, I, I totally ascribe at least to I know you said that you don't think Juliet, but I, I feel like honestly, maybe Juliet just wants to believe it because I just I think that she and the chief and possibly Lassiter are just too smart to actually fall for, oh, there is he's a psychic. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I I agree. I feel like for sure the chief knows. She would have to know because of the, the reasons you gave. Like she would have to know that this was a way to kind of manipulate the system a little bit, allow them to get in where they couldn't before. She's not dumb, like you said. And the same with same with Juliet and Lassiter. I'm not 100% on Juliet. I think that she may have just been blinded by her feelings from the beginning, which could have prevented her from realizing the truth. But I'm pretty sure Lassiter knew that. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's an episode. And let me, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a comment. Let's see. And let's go to the comments here from Old Dad Energy. It says, in the first <laughs> season, yeah, I love that username. In the first season, Lassiter gets drunk and tells Sean in no uncertain terms that he knows he's not a psychic, but that Sean is the most amazing deductive investigator he has ever seen, and he is frankly jealous of him. Lassiter forgets the conversation, but of course, Sean does not. And he and Gus even spend that episode propping Lassiter up and making it look like Lassie solved the case to kind of like throw off the scent, you know? That's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure the Chief and Lassiter, possibly Juliet. Let's see. There's... Someone someone else um, kind of counters that. Um, this is from Tim Midge. The Chief might know. However, it wouldn't make sense for Juliet and Carlton to know. Juliet finds out later in the show, and it leads to a huge fallout. Carlton keeps trying to prove Sean is lying. Almost every episode, he's suspicious of him. If he knew he was faking and just didn't care, he wouldn't spend that much effort trying to prove it. That last mm. bit doesn't necessarily track. Wait, no. If he knew he was faking the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That those actually work together, Spencer. Yeah. No, like what they're saying is if he knew he was faking. Okay, never mind. Carlton keeps trying to prove Sean is lying. He's faking because he knows you're a liar. Mm -hmm. It's just that deep down, 
what old old dad energy is saying is he knew he knew he was really good, mm-hmm, and yeah. he knew that without his help, they probably wouldn't have been able to close as many cases as they had. But then Timage, the other commoner, he's he's showing that side of Lassie that's you know trying to disprove Sean every step of the way because he knows he's a fake. He, I think there's yeah. I think it's an inner conflict for Lassie of gosh, he's really good and he's helping us solve these cases, but the other side of him is going, but he's a liar and we're breaking the law, letting him do these things. But then he's solving cases, you know? And so then maybe with that drunk filter, he was able to tell him, look, I know you're really good at this stuff and everything and, and tell him his true, his true feelings of, yeah, you're really good at what you do. Yeah, I agree. It looks like we have another comment here that we could read from AOBCD8663. Yeah. So basically they say that the chief knew from day one. I feel like that's canon. Carlton knew but could never prove it. Juliet thought she knew but trusted Sean enough to believe him. Mm. So mm-hmm. that kind of backs up essentially kind of what we've been saying, what the other commenters have been saying. So, yeah, yeah I think it centers around those three. I don't think anybody else really knew, though. I would bet his dad knows. Well, yeah, his dad. Yeah. Yeah. But why is it why is it such a big deal for Jules when when it's revealed or proven to her that he's a fake if if she already knows? I feel like she just feels like she was lied to because yeah. he tried to keep up the facade. And so she's upset about that more than the fact that she that that he is a psychic, you know. She knew in her heart of hearts there's no way. But the fact that he kept telling her so emphatically. Yeah. Yes, I am. She just chose to believe him. I could see that. Then she should be yeah. mad at herself. <laughs> she might be, but she doesn't know how to express yeah. that, so she takes it out on Sean. It's very possible. That happens sometimes. So the only other thing that, that needs to be added is there was an edit to this from the original user, and it says, the reason the chief lets it go is because Sean's visions always lead to A, evidence being uncovered, and or B, a confession. A psychic's vision would not be uh, admissible in mm-hmm. court, and so someone only offering visions would be laughed out of the station by the chief. The chief goes along with it because she knows Sean is indeed a good detective, and it's the only way she can get that good of a of a detective on her team. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, Why uh, didn't you just hire him as a detective? He didn't go through the academy? Yeah. he would. It would be a lot of bureaucratic stuff that he had to go through the whole training and academy and all that stuff. And Sean she does not strike me as the kind of guy who wants to deal with that. No. <laughs> no. He would never do that. No. But hey, did you hear about Pluto? That's messed up, man. <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps this one up. Are you guys ready to rate? <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm ready to rate. Okay, Laura, please kick us off. Oh, Lord, I am vacillating here between genius and plausible. I'm going to go with genius. I think this is canon. This is my canon that, mm-hmm. yes, they knew. They just went along with it just to be able to solve cases. Yep. So I'll I'll also go with genius on this. I honestly kind of suspected portion of this theory whenever I was watching the show. So for me, this just kind of confirms my own headcanon. Genius. Uh, I'm going to go with plausible. I guess it's, you know, there's the argument, yeah, they're not dumb, so they would obviously know what's going on. But I don't want them to know because then I feel like that takes away from the show. So 
Well, Sean is Sean is essentially like a big child. And oh, so yeah. like they know that he's this extremely talented big child and they know that if they tell him the truth that it'll upset him and he probably won't want to do use this skill anymore because he feels like he's getting away with it and that's what is exciting for him. So that's why they know but they go along with it in my opinion. I wonder if there's a bit of like savantism if that's a word yeah, if he's yeah. a little bit of a savant with this of mm-hmm. he shouldn't be this good at it he is <laughs> we shouldn't be encouraging it but we're going to yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well laura spencer michael guys it's time to bring this episode to a close but before we do i'd like to share a fascinating movie detail i discovered on reddit from user Penguin Monk 19, the producers had to pay Hollywood actors to act in cats since real cats refused to be associated with the film. Yep. I totally <laughs> believe that. I, yeah. I would never want to be associated yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason those actors were involved is because they were paid. Well, we want to thank you all so much for listening. This has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. Join us next time for another batch of genius, plausible, unlikely, and preposterous fan theories. Do you have family or friends who love laughing and pop culture? Chances are they'd enjoy fan theory queries. If you really love them, let them know about the show. Heck, go and tell the people you really hate, too.